as president, I will take on the fights that no one else will. I stood up to the Pentagon and repealed Don't Ask, Don't Tell. I've stood up to the banks and voted against the bailout twice. I've stood up to Trump more than any other senator in the U.S. Senate. And I have the most comprehensive approach for getting money out of politics with publicly funded elections to deal with political corruption. Now is not the time to play it safe. Now is not the time to be afraid of first. We need a president who will take on the big challenges, even if she stands alone. Join me in fighting for this. Assalamu alaikum, everyone. What starts here changes the world. Well, I've got to admit, I kind of like it. What starts here changes the world. We are the music makers, and we are the dreamers of dreams. The average American will meet 10,000 people in their lifetime. I was handcuffed to another man from another tribe whose language I did not speak. Don't think. Be. But if every one of you changed the lives of just 10 people, and each one of those people changed the lives of another 10 people, and another 10... We did not know each other, and we could not speak to each other, because if we could have spoken to each other, we might have been able to figure out what was happening to us. To every politician who is taking donations from the NRA, I believed them when they said they were sleeping on concrete floors. I believed them. Children being separated from their parents in front of an American flag. I believe them. And you can change the entire population of the world, eight billion people. And if you're gonna figure out what was happening to us, we might have been able to prevent it. If you think it's hard to change the lives of 10 people, change their lives forever. Well, it didn't happen, and here we are. I believe these women. You're wrong. I feel extremely lucky to, to be here with all of you fighting for justice, for equality, for the right for us to equally exist in this country. There were 329 uprisings, 257 cities within four and a half years. And neither Martin nor Fannie had any control over that. We might be headed to the promised land of speaking the truth and fighting our external liberty once we internally liberate ourselves. But their children were saved, and their children's children. Generations were saved by one decision, one person. But changing the world can happen anywhere, and anyone can do it. So what starts here can indeed change the world. But the question is, what will the world look like after you change it? Welcome to Public Access America. Make a stand. I know I did. Thank you very much. And may God bless America. Thank you, Connie, for being such an amazing friend, incredible activist and actor. I love you very much. And I want to thank everyone that's gathered here today. Thank you for being here. It is a gorgeous day. And looking around at this diverse crowd, there is no doubt that America is great. Our Declaration of Independence was the start of a, com a conversation about how to achieve life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness for every citizen. Our Constitution was always intended to grow and adapt as we formed a more perfect union, established justice, and ensured peace, security, and all the blessings of liberty. Even our national anthem ends in a question. Oh, say, does that star-spangled banner yet wave over the land of the free and the home of the brave? That open-ended question is what defines us, not just who we are or were, 
we will be. It challenges us to choose to take the next step, to fight that next fight, to answer that fundamental question, will Brave win? And the truth is, Brave hasn't always won. And Brave isn't winning right now. Brave doesn't spread hate or bully the vulnerable. Brave doesn't put greed and self-interest over millions of lives. Brave doesn't cower behind lies and walls. Brave doesn't pit people against one another. That is what fear does. This president has, has tried to reduce America to its smallest self by attacking the values and institutions of our democracy and turning our most cherished principles inside out, rooting for bigotry and discrimination and violence, closing our do doors to immigrants and refugees, taking from the many to line the pockets of the few. President Trump is tearing apart the moral fabric of this country. He demonizes the vulnerable and he punches down. He puts his name on bold on every building. He does this because he wants you to believe he is strong. He is not. Our president is a coward. And that is not what we deserve. That is not what you deserve. We deserve a president who is brave, a president who will walk through fire to do what is right. We deserve a president who inspires us to stand for something greater than ourselves. Look up at that tower, a shrine to greed, division, and vanity. Now, look around you. The greater strength by far is ours. We are here to reject the politics of fear and hate. To listen to what Lincoln called our better angels of our nature. Because the ideals of this country, opportunity, equality, justice, are worth fighting for. We are here to embrace our shared humanity and rise above our differences. We don't build walls that are emblems of racism and fear. We build bridges, communities, and hope. Because our unity of purpose lifts us higher than any tower.
We are here today because we know that when we join together and fight for our values, brave wins. Americans prove this with their own bravery every single day. You've already heard from some of them today, but there are countless more examples all around us. The high school students who responded to unimaginable tragedy by organizing, marching, and inspiring millions to end the epidemic of gun violence. That is brave. The dreamers who defiantly tell their stories and stand up for the right to call this country home. That is brave. The sexual assault survivors who raise their voices against the powerful that tell them to stay silent. That is brave. The millions of Americans who are speaking out against this administration's cruelty towards women, Muslims, LGBTQ community members, and children at our border. That is brave. And of course, the formerly well-behaved women who organized, ran for office, voted in record numbers, and won in 2018. That, too, is brave. Day in and day out, Americans are making a choice. A choice to resist the backward pull of this administration and pushing us toward a better future. And it's brave choices like yours that have inspired me to take on the fights that others won't. It's because of you that I've chosen to be brave too. Because the people of this country deserve a president worthy of your bravery. A president who not only sets an example, but follows yours. Your bravery inspires me every day. And that is why I'm running for president of the United States. Thank you. By coming here today, we are sending a powerful message. We will not let anything or anyone divide us. We will not cede control of our country to corruption, greed, and the powerful interests. We will keep showing up, and we will keep fighting back. The fight ahead may seem daunting, but there is hope when we look down at our feet and see whose shoulders we stand on. We all have heroes that inspire us in this struggle. My grandmother, Polly Noonan, was one of mine. She would have been proud standing here today with all of you. She was larger than life. She was a firebrand and a democratic organizer who cursed like a sailor. 
She spent her life fighting for women to have a seat at the table. She never let anyone tell her that she couldn't. She never let anyone tell her that she didn't belong. And she instilled that in me. But more than anything else, my grandmother taught me that being brave doesn't just mean standing up for yourself. It means standing up for other people who need you. And raising your voice on behalf of others who aren't being heard. It's that core principle from my grandmother that has driven my life in public service. Over the years, I've learned that bravery means standing up to the powerful, summoning the courage to confront them head on. That's what I did when I first ran for Congress in a red, red, red district in upstate New York that nobody thought that I could win. Except perhaps for my mother, and that tells you a lot about her. People told me, it has, more than Dem it has more cows than Democrats. You can't possibly win. But I took those odds, and I won. And the next election, I won again. And that time, by a 24-point margin. Why? Because I never forgot who I served. That's why I stood up to the greed and voted against the bank bailout that would leave taxpayers holding the bag, even though I was told it would end my career. It's why I stood up to corruption by making insider trading illegal for members of Congress. No one in our government should be lining their pockets as a public servant. It's why I stood up to callousness by demanding the 9-11 heroes be given the respect, compensation, and health care they deserved. And it's why I stood up to indifference and lies in the Pentagon, in Congress, and in colleges on behalf of survivors of sexual assault and harassment. And it's why I stood up to the bigotry and demanded the repeal of don't ask, don't tell. A policy that has a corrosive and harmful impact that undermines not just our character, but our national security. And it's why I am proud to have stood up to Donald Trump more than anyone else in the U.S. Senate. I will go toe-to-toe -to -toe with anyone to do the right thing. Whether it's powerful institutions, the president, or even my own party. But I am not running for president because of who I'm fighting against. I'm running for president because who I'm fighting for. I'm fighting for an America where power truly belongs in the hands of the people, where our leaders care about everyone in this country and lead not from weakness of ego, 
but from strength of character. Where compassion and integrity define our government, not self-interest and corruption. Where we just don't care about the profits we make today, but the future we're leaving to our grandchildren. I know we can be that America, but it means starting at the root of our problems, greed. Right now, the special interests are displacing the voices of the people of this country. Find me any so-called unsolvable problem, and I will point to the greed and corruption in the way. Polluter profits take precedence over drinking water. Opioid manufacturers get a pass instead of indictments they deserve while our neighbors are sold more addictive drugs on purpose. The NRA stops popular common sense gun reform while stray bullets kill our children in our communities. Dark, unaccountable money is at the heart of this outrageous inaction. We need to crack open government, flip the switch, let light flood in. That's exactly what I did when I came to Washington and challenged Congress by making my meetings, finances, and taxes public. I wanted my constituents to know I was working for them, not the powerful. I will keep leading on transparency within my own office and my campaigns. That's why I'm not taking corporate PAC money in this campaign. No federal lobbyist money and no individual super PACs. As president, I will fight for publicly funded elections. It would change. It would change the way Washington works overnight. Imagine, just for a minute, imagine your voice just as loud as the Koch brothers. What a concept. By leveling the playing field, our democracy will thrive. And we will protect against the dysfunction that's poisoning Washington right now. As your president, I will be answerable to you and you alone. I will be elevating the concerns that you would raise at a town hall or at your kitchen table. I will govern based on the principle that our democracy only works when elected leaders hear directly from you. Only then can we finally start making progress on the problems we face. Our goals are ambitious, but the truth is they're not controversial. Americans across party lines support these common sense ideas. It's time for this country to make quality, affordable health care a right and not a privilege. We must pass Medicare for all. I have fought for this since my very first 
House race in 2006. We have a plan to get from our current system to single payer. And I know because I helped to write it. We will create competition, get costs down, eliminate the greed. On education, it's time to guarantee universal pre-K, affordable daycare, and high-quality public education for every kid. For every kid in America, no matter what block they grow up on. We must make higher education affordable and accessible for everyone and reduce the crush of student debt. The federal government should not be making money off the backs of our students. In my administration, we would refinance all federal student debt to the lowest available rate. And here's a big idea. Let's improve and expand the GI Bill to make college free for anyone who agrees to do national public service. That way, our young people can pursue their dreams debt-free while helping others. To grow the middle class, we need to start rewarding work again. We must make full employment a national priority by investing in free job training through apprenticeships, not-for-profits, community colleges, and state schools. We will work with employers to connect underemployed and unemployed workers with the training, skills, and jobs that are available in their communities, in the fields of their interests. With workers' rights under attack more than ever, we need to protect the right to collectively bargain and form unions. We need to fight right to work and support car check. And let's do right by our workers and raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour nationwide. We have to transform the infrastructure of work by finally making national paid leave a reality. It is outrageous that we are the only industrialized country in the world without it. You should never have to risk your job and income to take care of a new baby, a sick family member, or your own medical needs. I refuse to accept the false choice between your paycheck and your family. I have led this fight in Congress since 2013, when it was not part of our national conversation. You're welcome. And hear me when I say this. Paid leave, equal pay, and affordable daycare are not just women's issues. These, these are economic issues, ones that will determine whether or not our country succeeds. At the same time, we need to dismantle the institutional racism that pervades our society and holds back millions of families. 
It is in our healthcare, education, economic, and criminal justice systems. It's in the growing crisis of black women's maternal mortality. It's in the sentencing disparities that keep black men in prison for years when white-collar criminals go home on bail. It's in the wealth gap between communities of color and white communities that only widens from generation to generation. These challenges call for solutions, both targeted and broad, like higher standards for maternity care, a national commitment to full employment, postal banking, ending cash bail, and legalizing marijuana. We need to restore our moral leadership in the world. We must secure our borders effectively and fight terrorism relentlessly. But let's be very clear. Racism and fear is not a national security strategy. Building a wall, ripping apart families, banning Muslims, and turning our backs on refugees and asylum seekers isn't just wrong. It makes us less safe. We need to repair our relationships with our allies and stop fawning over our adversaries. We need to leverage our diplomatic tools to make Americans more prosperous and more secure. And always treat military force as a last resort. We must bring an end to these endless wars. America's Commander-in-Chief is not a dictator, and the decision to deploy our troops can never be made lightly or unilaterally without Congress. And we need to protect the integrity of our elections by holding accountable any threats to our democracy from abroad or right here at home. The stakes of this just got higher on Friday. The Mueller report must be made public. All of it. Nobody in this country, not even the president, is above the law or immune from accountability. It is not often that I agree with Richard Nixon. But he was right to say that the American people have a right to know whether their president is a crook. And finally, we need to treat global climate change like the existential threat that it is. We need to pass the Green New Deal. 
Let's make this our generation's moonshot. Addressing a global challenge of this urgency will take massive effort and transformational vision, which is exactly why we should do it. Let's invest in our crumbling infrastructure, create sustainable green jobs, and protect clean air and clean water as a human universal right. And I'd like to go further than others who support this plan. I'd also put a price on carbon. To, to put, I would put a price on carbon to use market forces to steer companies away from fossil fuels towards clean and renewable energy. We can't afford not to do this. We don't have time to waste. John F. Kennedy said he wanted to put a man on the moon in the next 10 years, not because it's easy, but because it's hard. I believe we should look at global climate change exactly the same way. We should aspire to net zero carbon emissions in the next 10 years, not because it's easy, but because it's hard. And it is a challenge that we are willing to accept. One, we are unwilling to postpone, and one, that we will win. None of these big fights and equally big goals will be easy. Nothing worth fighting for ever has been. But I have never backed down from a fight, and I am not about to start now. My faith tells me to care for the least among us, feed and clothe the poor, help the stranger, the sick, and the incarcerated. I believe we are all called to be the light of the world, to defeat the darkness, and to treat others the way we want to be treated. I am running for president to fix what's been broken, to repair our moral fabric, and to rebuild the common bonds between us as Americans. This fight is so much bigger than any one election. It's about making a choice and deciding who we are and who we are going to be. After all, America is and always will be the home of the brave. No matter how difficult the course before us, no matter how dark the hour, the lessons of our history is that justice, fairness, and truth are possible, but only if we are willing to put everything we have on the line to achieve it. So each one of us has a choice today Will we defend this democracy? 
Will we speak for what we believe in? Will we reject the hate and fear and greed and corruption? Will we fight with every fiber of our being because everything we care about is at stake? Will we be brave? You've already answered that question just by being here today. And if you are with me, if you are ready to fight and take on this fight with me, join my campaign. Go to KirstenGillibrand.com and contribute to help power this movement forward. I believe in my bones that we can do this. I know that years from now, we will look back on this moment. We will look back on this moment in history and we will be able to say that we did something about it. We stood up, locked arms, and proved to America and the world that when people come together to drive out the darkness, hope rises. Fear loses and brave wins. To those who would tear the world down, we will defeat you. This is our moment. This is our time. To those who seek peace and security, we support you. Yes, we can. And to all those who have wondered if America's beacon still burns as bright, tonight we prove once more that the true strength of our nation comes not from the might of our arms or the scale of our wealth, but from the enduring power of our ideals, democracy, liberty, opportunity, and unyielding hope. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbow. for Stitcher Smart Radio Potable and more. Yes, we can. Public Access America. History in the making. Making history in the making. In the making.